Hey, Business Building Warrior, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. I just finished up a great interview with yet another successful, proven Amazon course student in our community. You're going to love getting to know our guest today a little bit. We spent time talking about her journey into replens, the way that we teach 99% of our new students around here to succeed on Amazon is the replens model. She got sucked in a little bit early on in her Amazon journey into the private label arena. She overspent on some courses, didn't have the success she was hoping for. That is a very common story in Amazon circles. I would say about 95% of the people who go down that path of trying to launch a new product or a new brand on Amazon as a new seller, they wind up failing 95% of the time. There are some cool success stories out there, but the vast majority of people fail miserably. Well, she started to see the pressure of that model and started to see this isn't going well. So she started checking to see what else was out there. That's when she found this podcast. That's when she found our proven Amazon course, jumped into our community. Now, just to bring you to the good part, she's hoping to do half a million on Amazon this year at a 25% net margin. That's her goal, just her. One person operation, doing all the work herself. We did the math and she's doing really, really well, earning somewhere between $30, $40 or so per hour. I'll do the math and stick it in the show notes so we can have more of an accurate number. But that's just a rough estimate with 25% net margin on half million as her goal for this year and the hours that she's spending. She has really built an incredible business. She has spent some time with building bundles. We'll talk a little bit about that. I talked to her a little bit today about using a virtual assistant. And encouraged her as maybe a good next step since she's doing everything herself. Talked through how to find a good virtual assistant and the kind of help that we can provide where you can find somebody willing to work for $4 an hour or so per hour, finding great profitable products for you, helping you scale your business. We also spent some time talking about the, kind of the philosophy of business online, e-commerce. Do you need to be passionate about the items you sell? For example, we spent some good time on that. It was just a really good conversation with a fellow business building warrior, someone who listens to this show frequently, and I think you would be able to relate to her. One of the things she encourages several times, and I think you should pay attention to her, is to jump into this community, get into our free Facebook group, listen to more podcast episodes, this show, other people who are building incredible businesses. And I agree with her. That's very smart because it's very validating. Don't just listen to me. My opinions, my thought process should mean very little to you until you see the hundreds of people that we're always talking about, the thousand plus posts in our Facebook group from people who are succeeding. Now that is some evidence that should be very compelling and convince you there's something special here. So enjoy this time with Stephanie Schmidt. I'm going to get her on the line right now. So Stephanie, welcome to the program. Thank you. Glad to be here. Great to have you on board. Let's get right onto your story. Let's hear it because I don't know a whole lot about you. I read a brief bio, but let's go. All right. Well, I'm really happy to be here. I love the podcast. I've learned a lot from it. And I think that one of the things that's valuable to me is hearing where people came from before they got into this whole program. So starting, I guess, really at the beginning with me, I have been a stay-at-home mom for the last almost 17 years. I have one son. He'll be 17 next week. And I always just wanted to be a mom. And so as soon as he was born, I was set. And I've just been home with him for a long time. And I've loved it. And then a few years ago, my husband, I've got a great husband. He came to me and he asked me what I wanted to do with my life. And I, of course, became offended and got really mad. 
and told him that I had a great life and I didn't know what he was talking about. But <laughs> oh no, you can imagine what I was thinking. But he pointed out that we would be empty nesters by 46. And that was really my life at that point was my family and we're very involved in our church. So that was really where my time was. And his point was just that when our son was getting older and moving on, I needed something to do. We both believe that you need to have something to do, something to fill our time, something valuable to contribute. And so he asked me just to think about it. And he said, I don't even care what you do. I don't care if you work. I don't care if you have a career. I don't care if you have hobbies. You just need something to do or you're not going to be happy and you won't be satisfied. So I thought that that was probably a good point. So I started thinking about it and I started thinking about what I wanted to do and what would interest me. And I actually was going to school to be a paralegal because I've always found, yeah, I've always found the law really interesting, the history of law and how it works. And I've just always found that interesting, but I didn't want to be an attorney. There There are certain things in that that I didn't want to do, but being a paralegal would let me be involved in the law in the ways that I wanted to without having to argue or not get along with people or take out the parts that I didn't like. I think many paralegals will tell you like they're the ones actually doing the work and the lawyers got the easy gig. (laughs) (laughs) That's the ones I've ever known. That's the kind of their version of the story anyway. (laughs) It's true. It's true. I've heard that before. And actually paralegals now can do everything that attorneys can do except for three things. They can't present in court. They can't charge legal fees and they can't give actual legal advice, but everything else, they can do depositions. They can do the filings. Anyways, I won't get into that, but they can do everything else. Well, you know, a little bit of, I find legal fascinating. The Mm -hmm. the whole arena, just a completely different language and different universe. I was actually at the, uh, I visited the the Capitol building in DC, Mm -hmm. the state Capitol, and where the original Supreme Court used to be, it's in a different building now. Uh, And that whole concept of passing the bar Mm-hmm. never realized that there was actually like, there was a bar. Yeah. <laughs> like You're not mm-hmm. allowed to pass the pass bar <laughs> until you are a legal representative who's met the qualifications basically. So mm-hmm. everyone else stays behind the bar. There's a judge and then you pass the bar. And that means you're legally qualified to argue a case before a judge. That's where the whole idea of passing the bar came from. Not to get de- too derailed, but yeah, I find all that fascinating as well. We could probably spend some time geeking out a little bit about all that because I feel like I have a lot to learn there. But so I take it you didn't go too far down that path, though, it sounds like. So I was about halfway through it because I'd been in it for a little while and I was about halfway through and I was enjoying it. It was really interesting. It was fascinating. And the way that the program that I was in was set up is each course focused on a different part of law. So I took like a criminal justice class and a real estate class and the different areas of law. And everyone was just so interesting to me and I was enjoying it. And then one day my husband came to me and he said, have you ever heard of Amazon third-party sellers? And I just randomly, it was, well, I say randomly, but I think everything in my life is by the grace of God. Oh, of course. There's no such word. There's no word for coincidence in Hebrew in the Bible. It doesn't appear anywhere. (laughs) Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, there's no word for it. I love studying those words that don't exist in the original language of the Bible, Hebrew, because they would say it's a nonsensical concept, unworthy of consideration. Oh, yeah. So you get words like fair. There's no word for that. Interestingly enough, one of my favorites, not to open a can of worms, is rights no such word. Really? Uh, There's obligations, commitments, duties, responsibilities, right? Mm -hmm. No word for rights. 
<laughs> that's interesting. I'm a word person. I love words. I love to read. I love to study words. And so that's really interesting to me, actually. Yeah. So there's oh, I no do, word. I could do a whole podcast, not just a single podcast episode, but a whole podcast. I'm fascinated by, I could do an episode a week on that. Yeah. The words that don't exist that we use all day, every day. Another one of my favorites is retirement. Oh, really? <laughs> Nowhere in the Bible. <laughs> and this actually ties into what your husband came to you and said, and there was a lot of wisdom in that conversation you guys had, because biblically speaking, we, you know, and as believers, we all understand we're to serve until we drop basically, right? Serving yes. others. The minute you stop serving others and being useful to others, it's a very depressing hole you start to sink into. You want, you know, there's no one out there who's happy because they're doing what they want, when they want, all day, every day, serving no one else. Yeah. You painted that as some kind of vision of like what life is supposed to be like once you've arrived at your retirement. Like, no, mm-hmm. your retirement better be full of serving others and bringing value to others. You're going to be miserable or made that way. So no, there's no word for that point in life where life becomes all about you getting what you want on your own terms. And now you're happy. No such thing. Well, and it's interesting. You brought up an interesting point because I feel like the world pushes us towards the opposite. If you want to be happy and you go get a self-help book, it's spend time on yourself and focus mm-hmm. on yourself and what are your needs. But when you study things like the Bible, it's you find joy in service. You find joy in serving the Lord. And that's really, anyways, that's a whole other topic that we could probably it, talk about. It as is, well. but I, I don't mind, you know, stepping an inch deep into these waters for folks so they can investigate this on their own. But some of the most incredible evidence for what you just said. Uh, one of my favorite podcasts is Daniel Lappin, and and he mm-hmm. brings up some of these Hebrew topics. And he's a he's a Jewish rabbi, so he's studied Hebrew in depth in the Old Testament. But he talks about uh, the different cultures that have risen up out of the successful economic explosions that have come up when the Bible has been introduced for the first time into a culture. Not that everybody becomes Christians, but mm-hmm. the concept of serving others is a path to self fulfillment. Mm-hmm. That's a uniquely yeah biblical concept. What's the ripple effect of a handful of people starting to play with that concept? Well, suddenly you've got businesses and you've got economic success and you've got specializations and people committing their life to one little tiny niche service and living an incredible life as a result of being excellent at that thing that they do because they're doing it for others. And suddenly you can't stop the money from coming in when you're good at what you do. And it's so there's economic benefit to all of this. And it is a topic of passion for me as well, but uh, we will get back to the Amazon story. (laughs) We'll get there. Great. I love it so far. Well, keep us going. Sorry, I'm the one derailing us, by the way. It's not your fault. Well, no, I'm enjoying the conversation. So as we said, so coincidentally, supposedly, so my husband Todd mentioned Amazon third-party sellers, which I had never heard of before. I just, just, we shop on Amazon all the time, but I thought it was just from Amazon. I didn't know there were third-party sellers. And so he mentioned it and he just said, you know, I think you might really enjoy that. He said, maybe just look into it. And so I started reading about it and watching videos and I was fascinated. I was so interested in it. And so I learned, so this, so this was the summer of 2019 when it was first presented to me. It was probably the beginning of the summer of 2019. And I was interested. And so I started researching it and I was still doing my paralegal classes. And I was to one of my classes, I was down to two different areas of law I was interested in. And I was to one of those classes and I thought, okay, I'm going to take this class and this will be my deciding factor if I'm going to do Amazon or if I'm going to do paralegal. And I, about two weeks into the class, I thought, 
I don't want to do this. I want to do, <laughs> I want to do Amazon. And I had pretty much decided to go ahead with the Amazon route, but I'm a list person. I like pros and cons lists and writing things out. It helps me to visualize things. So I came home and I made a list. In fact, I still have it. I made a list of what my dream job would look like. If I could have any job in the world, what would it look like? Do you have that list handy? I do. No, that'd be great. Let's hear a few things. I don't know (laughs) if it's like 80 things, you don't have to go through the whole thing and personal or whatever, but what was on there? Because this is, as we're recording this, we're still fairly early in April of 2022. Yes. So we're talking, you know, three years or so ago. Yeah, yeah, almost three years ago. Well, 2019. So yeah, yeah, it's coming up on that. So when I went through and I made my list, the things that I put were, I would love to be able to work at home and not only at home, then I added actually working anywhere in the world just with a computer because my husband travels a lot for his work and he's always wanting me to go, but my son's home. And so he always says, when our son's gone, then I can travel wherever he goes with him. And so I thought that would just be incredible if I could just have my computer and I could work anywhere in the world. So that was on my list, being able to set my own schedule. And then I put next to it, nothing crazy. I didn't want to have to work crazy hours so I could set my own time. Um, I wanted to have a variety in the work. I don't like monotony. Um, Learning new things. So I wanted something where I could keep growing it and expanding it and always learning. I love organizing. So something with that and keeping track of different things. Something that I could start now. Something where I could be creative something where I didn't have a boss. (laughs) So Amazon marked every single thing on my list, except one. There's one thing that it didn't. And that's on the other side of my paper. And this is going to make you laugh because I've heard you talk about this before. And that's that I wasn't passionate about it. Selling on Amazon wasn't. (laughs) I know, I know. I heard you say that. And you know what's funny? The very first time I was ever introduced to you actually was on another podcast And this is another part of my story that we could talk about, but I was first going to do private label. And so I was listening to another podcast and you were a guest on it. Mm -hmm. And on that podcast, you talked about this. You said, you know, people talk about not being passionate about Amazon, but you said, but when the money starts coming in, you get passionate pretty quick about what you're doing. And absolutely. Are you going to let me soapbox on that one a little bit? Please do. You know, Mike Rowe has the best quote, you know, the dirty jobs guy on this topic. He says, we're telling all these young kids to find their passion, find their passion, find their passion. I'm like, Mm -hmm. no, take your passion with you. Go find an unmet need. And you will become so passionate when people, you know, this is my version now, you know, people start lining up to give you money and they're saying, thank you with these little green pieces of paper. You can get passionate about anything. Yes. Because you're serving others. You've put others... It goes into the first thing we were just talking about, Stephanie. You start putting other people first and they mm-hmm. start saying thank you for the work you're doing. And a lot of times the evidence of that is they start giving you money. Like now you've got 100% proof positive you're serving well because they're willing to voluntarily give you something that costs them to obtain. And they're giving it to you. Yeah, You know you're doing some good work at that point. It's, it, it, it's called serving. Right. And yeah, you get very passionate about it suddenly. <laughs> and I always talk about my dry cleaner here in town. I'm like, he didn't grow up as a kid wanting to be a dry cleaner when he grew up, you know, but he owns the most successful dry cleaning franchise in central Indiana because he serves his customers well. And now I'm sure he's passionate about it. He can talk to you about starch and buttons all day. I'm sure he's passionate about it now, right? Mm-hmm. Because that's how he serves others. Yeah. So thank you for letting me soapbox. That's the short version. I'll try to limit myself. 
going forward. (laughs) (laughs) No, that actually goes right along with my whole passionate thing, because part of that was, am I really contributing to the world in a good way? Am I doing anything worthwhile by selling on Amazon? And you, I wondered that until you start getting feedback where people say things like, I'm not able to leave my house. I'm so grateful that I can order this and it comes to my door or I can't, I've moved and I can't find this anymore. I'm so glad that you sell this. And then you realize you're like, just what you said, you're providing a service for somebody and it makes a difference to them. Absolutely. It does. And that's, you know, and that is just one inch deep of a mile deep service you're providing. And let me give you an example. Uh, and this is another Daniel Appen quote. It comes up all the time around here, but this is an important topic. I hate to interrupt you as much as I am, but this is just vital for people to understand because if you're not sold in on the virtue of the tasks you're performing, you will begin to self-sabotage and undermine yourself. Modern psychology tells us this. If you don't see the virtue and the value in what you're doing, it's not going to last long. So who besides the happy customer are we serving? Well, there's another great Daniel Appen quote that goes something like this. And I showed at business conferences frequently, but it says, it's impossible to succeed in business without dramatically improving the lives of countless others. Impossible. Mm-hmm. And countless. Those are big words. Mm-hmm. It's impossible to succeed in business without improving the lives of countless others. So it's mm-hmm. not just the buying customer. It's all the people who work at the factory where that packaging is made and the product is made and the inventor who's still getting a nickel per unit produced and his family and the things they've been able to do with that money. you know, Moving products from point A to point B impacts tens of thousands of lives. And the fact that we make five bucks on the transaction, that's just the beginning of this incredible network of people who have benefited from that sale happening in that moment. So you've got to start to you know, and I'm not talking to you specifically, Stephanie, but I think we as sellers have got to start to understand it's not just the happy customer. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is literally a countless number of people that are benefiting from every transaction we're engaged in. And you can start to see the virtue in that. Well, that's interesting because it reminded me of one, one day my husband was trying to figure out how many hands touch the product before it gets to the customer because the manufacturer makes it. And it's like you said, how many people are employed in with that and it doing benefiting from that work? And then it gets shipped to a store and then a, a distributor probably. And then that gets shipped to a store and then that gets shipped to me and then that gets shipped to Amazon. I mean, there's so many, I hadn't thought about that, but there are countless people involved in that whole process. If you're thinking about it correctly, it's an impossible task to try to list the people who benefit from a single transaction. Yeah. Impossible. To the point where, here's another Hebrew lesson. I'm on a roll today. But when they pray before their meals, Mm -hmm. they traditionally pray before and after a meal. After the meal, you pray for the food you just ate. And we as Christians traditionally pray before. The meal they say before they eat is they noticed on the table in front of them, they're looking and they take a moment to to reflect. Countless people were involved in bringing this Mm. together. Mm-hmm. Thank you for all the people, the talents, the different needs that those people have that allows others to serve them and benefit in these mutually beneficial arrangements. So that this table with this little salt shaker, you know, the guy that invented the top of that salt shaker is very different than the guy that invented the glass molding program. Then those two pieces go together and the people that packaged it completely different. And people that invented the ink for the box that it went in, you know, we're talking uh, hundreds of thousands of people had to cooperate for this meal to come together on our table that someone built. <laughs> Right? So take a moment to reflect on that. It's Mm -hmm. a completely different perspective. And of course, this is a virtuous business, as evidenced Mm -hmm. by people are willing to pay us. That's how we know for sure. Yes. Right. Otherwise, they wouldn't, obviously. So, yeah. They wouldn't. Yeah. Yeah. 
interesting points. So passionate came off my list because you're right. I became passionate about it pretty quickly. I'm glad it's on the back. We can just white it out. (laughs) So I made my list and it was a no brainer. It marked all the boxes. So, okay. So this was the summer, like I said, of 2019. So I decided to do Amazon. So I said that I studied three different business models. I read about private label, wholesale, and arbitrage as far as um, shopping clearance. That's the only thing that I'd heard about. And I studied these three different models and I thought, well, obviously private label, that makes the most sense because according to everything I was reading, you buy the tool, you find a great product, you order it from China, and then you get it on Amazon and you make thousands of dollars while you're on vacation around the world. This sounded fantastic. And Imagine. so that one, that was my plan. <laughs> and I thought this is going to be great. So I bought the programs and I did the training and I'm, Jim, it was crazy. I'm trying to find this private label product and I'm, you're trying to find certain scores that are high demand. I'm sorry, that are high High, yeah, high demand and low competition. And I'm finding things, but everything I'm finding means nothing to me. And you're supposed to find these products and change them a little bit. And there's nothing wrong with private label at all. We Private label things are fantastic. In fact, I have a private label product. But I have no doubt if I started there, I absolutely would have failed. And that would have been the end of my Amazon journey. Because I'm finding these products that I know, like a gasket or something. And I'm supposed to figure out how to improve it. And I'm telling my husband, okay, I found this product. And he's asking, do you even know what that is? I have no idea what it is, but it's going to sell great. It just, it did, thinking back, it doesn't even make sense how that would work. So I was going down this road and I don't remember how I learned about the replants, but I think it was through your Facebook group. I think I got on your, and I can't ever think of the name of it. This is a silent sales machine Facebook group. Yeah. The silent sales machine is the name of the podcast in our Facebook group. We call it for some unknown reason, the My Silent Team, but that used oh, to be a membership team. group. But yeah, it, right. if you go to silentgym.com, there's a link to our free Facebook group. That's all you got to remember, silentgym.com. Silent Don't want to drop a bunch of acronyms. I can't blame you for not keeping track of all of it. I can <laughs> hardly keep track. But silentgym.com has a link to our free Facebook group. And yeah, we talk about, we've got 1,300 tag success posts as of right now from people doing the replens model mm-hmm. and attributing their success to our community, this podcast, our training, et cetera. Yeah. So that's what you're talking about. That We talk about replans all day, every day, people around the world. Mm-hmm. That's it. And I think that's where I first heard about it. And it was really interesting to me. And so it, it's a fantastic Facebook group. I've learned more on that group, more in that Facebook group than I could even ever give credit to it. The way that you guys moderate it to keep people kind and helpful and I don't post a lot, but I read it all the time and I learned so much from it. It's incredibly valuable. So I think that that was the first place I heard about replens. And so then I went to the Proven Amazon course to look into it. And I couldn't believe the course was 20, I think it was $29 for the replens course. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, that's crazy. I can pay $30 to figure, to see if I could even do this. And so I just started with the replens course and Jimmy has set up a fantastic course there. It's so good. It's easy to understand. It's easy to follow. So I went through that and I decided that this is where I needed to start. This made more sense to me than private label. So I decided to do that. So I started researching products and I'm starting to save them. And now almost a year has gone by. Now we're to the summer of 2020. I spent all this time first focusing on private label and now learning replans. And I'm just taking forever with this. And my husband's just saying, you just need to act. And at some point you need to act. You just need to do something because I had all these 
these replans saved on my computer and things that I thought would work, but I wasn't sure. And I was so nervous to take that first step and I was just taking forever. And I started reading suggestions to just start with selling something around your house. And I thought that is a great idea because there's really no risk with that at all. So I have lots and lots of books. I love to read, but I don't like to reread very much. And so I've got tons of books that I won't ever reread. So I listed some books, just FBM. I was just going to fulfill them myself, fulfilled by merchant. And so I listed them one day and I woke up the next morning and two or three of them had already sold. And I was shocked and I couldn't believe it. And I was so excited. And then I realized that I lost money because I didn't understand Amazon fees. I didn't understand shipping credits. But that's why I started there. And I kept reading that also that it's great to learn as much as you can, but some of it you just have to learn by acting. You just need to jump in and that's part of the education. And I lost like $2. So pretty cheap education to learn how it works. For sure. Yeah. You're, you're not very deep into your expenses at this point. $30 yeah. for, for the course, a few dollars to learn a lesson on the inventory. And you've learned most of the hard lessons at this point. Right. Exactly. And so I did, so I was selling, I sold a few more books and then, then I finally, finally stepped in and I bought my first product to test and I was still doing FBM. And then, and I waited a few days, I got it listed, waited a few days and then it sold. And there's nothing like that for sale because that proves that it works. When you do it once and you see, I can buy this and I can continually source it from this store at this price, and I can sell it on Amazon and I can make a profit. This is going to work. This is a program that I, that I can be successful at. So let me just make an observation here because you, your original exposure to retail sourcing was to look for stuff that was on sale. And that was your understanding of how the system worked. Yes. But now with replans, you're beginning to understand that, no, it's stuff that I can easily source anytime I want. I don't have to wait on the sale. I just go back to the same store. and If mm-hmm. a few sell, I buy a few more. Right. So that's exactly. the beauty. That's part of the beauty of the replens model. And you began to understand that because you'd been through the course. But I just want to distinguish for folks we're not talking about hitting the clearance aisle at Walmart here. Mm-hmm. There's money there. Have fun. But it's not a sustainable, repeatable, scalable business model. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And that's one, of, that's one of the things that I liked about replens. I didn't love the idea of chasing clearance sales. But with the replens, I thought I can put procedures in place. And I can keep going back to these same things. And I mean, we all know replants fall off. You're always finding new ones and you're losing some. It's a process, but it's not a one-time thing or a two-time thing. And that's one of the things that drew me into the replants. So I started doing it and started having a little bit of success here and there, still doing FBM. And then in the Facebook group, again, I started hearing people talk about FBA and how their sales increased when they went to FBA. And so I saved up until I had, I think, I think it was recommended 50 items to send in at once to keep the shipping cost reasonable. So as soon as I had enough, I sent this box in to FBA and my sales just skyrocketed. They jumped so, so, so far. And I didn't realize the difference that that would make, but it was a huge difference. And so that's where I've been ever since. Now I do FBA and almost all my businesses replens and I love it. I love it. I I love that it marks everything on my list, the variety of it. And every day is different and all the different aspects of it, the moving parts. And I don't know, I'm, I feel really grateful for this community and that I feel like I was led to it. And so I, I believe you were, 
the leadership team, a, a lot of Christians on the team, we pray for this community. We pray for the right people to be led to this community that we can serve them well. And yeah, one hundred percent. I can just I can see the trajectory in people's story. I've done this long enough now, and I've talked to enough of our students. You can kind of see it. And you're absolutely an emerging leader because the next step of business growth is always using your mouth, using your voice, telling your stories to inspire others who are crossing through the barriers that you've already busted through. So you're breaking down their skepticism. You're convincing them this is legitimate, and you're you're coaching them on the basics with with loving patience, because a lot of times it's the same questions over and over again. I just mm-hmm. finished a good leadership book, basically said, you know, you know, you're leading well, if you're saying the exact same things over and over again to an increasingly growing audience. <laughs> oh, that's, <laughs> that's leadership. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's, yeah. that's, that's part of it. That's not the end all definition of leadership, but you're doing it right. If the audience is growing and you're saying the same things over and over and over again, almost to the point of exhaustion and mind numbing repetition. That's a lot of what leadership is. So as you start to step into those roles, you know, there's more opportunity for you here as, you know, a coach or a content creator, or you've got the proof now that it works. But I want to step back and give some basic people have heard me talk about the difference between FBA and FBM. But I just want to make sure as we're throwing acronyms out there for the sake of anyone who's new, you mentioned merchant fulfill or FBM, which means you do the shipping on those first books, those unneeded items that you sold and lost a few dollars around the house. You mm-hmm. did the shipping. It's like on eBay. You sell it, ship it. You start talking about FBA, fulfillment by Amazon. Contrast why it is that you think one the FBA, your, your business just took off. We didn't really explain why that is. Why did you sell so much more when you started letting Amazon do the shipping and storing for you? I think that a lot of people are probably like me, where when you search for something on Amazon, you click the little prime box because I want it here tomorrow or two days at the most. And when you ship through Amazon FBA, then that's unless you're self-fulfilled prime, but that's rare. My my understanding is that's pretty rare. The way to get prime is through Amazon. And even if people don't click that box, people see that it's going to be at their door in one to two days. And I think that that's a huge draw. And I think, I think this is true. I've read this in the Facebook groups and I believe it's true that Amazon, I mean, the buy box usually goes to the FBA sellers. And so they get more sales that way also. Yeah. You're hitting the nail on the head for all those reasons. And there's people, some people who shop only prime, like they don't Mm -hmm. even see the merchant fulfilled products. So they got to really dig to even see them. They're like, I only want to see the prime offers because they think in their head that your average shoppers think in their head, I want to buy it from Amazon. I don't want to buy it from a third party seller. They don't realize that they're buying it from a third-party seller either way. Right. But when they see Prime, they think, okay, this is something that Amazon has. You know, and um, They don't care that a third-party seller is involved at all. They just know that Amazon's responsible, mm-hmm. not some company I've never heard of. Right. So yeah, there's all kinds of advantages. And you will see a huge bump. Many of our best ASINs are products where we are the only FBA seller. And yeah. There may be 30 other sellers. Mm-hmm. And they're all merchant fulfill shipping it themselves. So here we are to give it a great example of what you're saying, Stephanie. Here we are, the highest price, yeah. of twenty five or thirty sellers. We're the highest, selling it very consistently, outselling everybody else who doesn't understand what you just said, which is a lot of people shop only for merchant fulfilled. They want it there fast. They want to get it from Amazon. That may be the only price they're seeing. And like you said, the buy box tends, which rotates, the buy box rotates through all the sellers if they're within a reasonable proximity of the current accepted price. Mm -hmm. But 
we're there as much, if not more than anyone else, because again, we're FBA sending our products into Amazon. And we teach all this in the course, but I just wanted to make sure we weren't losing anybody with acronyms there. So thank you for that. Well said. Hey, we'll get back to the show in just a moment, but I want to tell you about a way to save a nice chunk of change on all your online shopping and in-store shopping by using discounted gift cards. We've got a new sponsor on the program with a free report they want to give you, no strings attached. Go to silentgym.com slash gift cards. That's silentgym.com slash gift cards, one word. It's in the show notes as well, that link. What they do is they put together a report that shows you all the places you can go to get great discounted gift cards. And they also offer the service themselves, selling gift cards to many online sellers, our community included. So it's a pleasure to bring them on board as a sponsor. Again, the link one more time, silentgym.com slash gift cards for that free special report. Let's get back to the show. And we teach all this in the course, but I just wanted to make sure we weren't losing anybody with acronyms there. So thank you for that. Well said. So you're into replens now. Let's do a couple things. And there's going to be several great lessons that we can dive into. And I, I'll try to stay off my soapboxes as best I can. But <laughs> you're, you're setting me up so... You're so tempting today on some of the things. You, like, <laughs> I want to jump on that box. But let's talk about your overall business. Because I know you've got several different things going on from that bio that I read. I know you're mostly mm-hmm. replens. But let's talk mm-hmm. about... If we put your business on a pie chart, what's it look like? And what are the bigger numbers that you're okay sharing with us today? Just, you know, how big has this grown in the you know two years that you've been doing it? Okay. So the pie chart question, I would say 95% is replens probably. And then I did the KDP course with Jenny and Lisa that they did. It was fantastic. And so I've sold probably about 25 journals. And I'm not, I didn't do that to try to... I knew that it wouldn't be a big moneymaker for me personally. I know it can be, but for me, I, I love doing things like that. It was a creative thing for me to do and it was fun to do. And the, the cool thing about KDP is you do it once and you upload it and it can be for sale forever from now on. Mm-hmm. I don't have to do another thing. And whenever anybody buys one, then I get a few dollars from it. The low content books. Yeah. Yes. So how many, did you make 25 different books? Are you saying you sold no. about 25 copies of the journal? I sold about 25 copies. Yeah. I got you. And there's some people, you know, that's a hard model. I put that in the same model as like the, you know, the t-shirts on Amazon, the merch. Oh, like, mm-hmm. You'll hear occasionally of someone who's just killing it. Like that's what they do. Right. For most people, it's like, oh, cool. Look, I made a sale this week, you know, and it's, it's as our coaching director, Nathan's like, hey, mailbox money. Didn't know that was coming. You exactly. Know? And it's a fun add-on side gig kind of saying, Yep. But like you said, you know, you can you can make these designs and put them out there and you, you never know when one's going to pop and hey, there's eight bucks I wasn't expecting. Someone bought my low content mm-hmm. book journal. Like you picked out the cover, you put the lines on the page, maybe a couple images here and there. Yep. Uh, my mom made one. It was like a, a Bible study journal type thing, you know, and just, mm-hmm. I don't know how often they sell. Not getting rich off of it by any means, but it's just so simple to set up. So yeah, we'll stick a link to that course if anyone's interested. But yeah, I, I don't know of anyone who that that's how they make a living. <laughs> right, me too. I don't yeah. haven't met that person yet. They're probably out there. Probably that that's not me. But yeah. it, that's more just like I said, it's it's fun for me. I enjoy yeah. doing that. Yeah, it's almost a hobby that pays for itself. And yes, know, well done. So you've got you've got the one, Katie. What kind of book is it? It's just a journal. Journal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. What'd you put inside it? 
well, I just did blind pages. Yep. It was just, I just created a couple different covers. Like it took me less than an hour to do it. Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. Super we'll stick easy a link and, to that. It, it's pretty straightforward yeah. stuff. And now you've got a journal that's out there. You can put around a theme or yeah. Mm-hmm. Well done. Okay. So that what's, what else is in that 5% that's not replans? Anything else in the mix? So I tried a couple bundles and I was really successful with one of them, but then one, so I was selling a product that was really successful. One of my replans was really great. And then I had a bundle idea to go along with it. And so I created a bundle and it was really great for a while. But then the replants that I was selling, the price probably dropped by about 80%. It was cheaper than what I could get at the store. And then all of these listings showed up all over the place for the products in my bundle. And they were all so low that I, it wiped my bundle out. But for a while, that one was really successful. I've done a couple other bundles. They haven't been as great. So I'm, I'm, that's one that I'm still trying to figure out. I'm interested in that. And so I'm still working on that. I I did Lisa's course. She's the bundling queen. It was fantastic. So I keep going through her videos and, and I keep asking her questions. She's really patient. (laughs) And that's a module in Mm -hmm. proven Amazon course. Now Lisa's bundling course Yes, modules in the proven Amazon course. And, and that does teach you how to kind of creatively put together bundles and such, which is phenomenal. But it's another one of those like hit or miss. Yeah, you try, you set up a listing. Sometimes yeah. it takes off. Sometimes it doesn't. Way less risk than trying to launch a private label, obviously. For sure. A new product. But there's kind of another... There's two camps of bundling philosophy, if you will. One is what you've described. It's like, hey, I think this product might go with that product. And I'm going to make a bundle and list it and not really do much mm-hmm. else. And maybe it takes off. Maybe it doesn't. That was awesome. And if it does, as you've experienced, other sellers can hop on top of it. <laughs> You know, it does take off. So your advantage can can die fairly quickly. There's another school of thought. This is our proven brand building course, which that's coming to the proven Amazon course. All these modules that we talk about, they all end up in the proven Amazon course, as you know, but for the listener's sake, you don't have Mm -hmm. to go out and buy 18 courses. It's all going to be in the proven Amazon course. But this brand new one, a bunch of people just went through it with us, is about getting brand registered on Amazon. And I'm not going to go into totally what that means. It's just another stamp of approval and validation from Amazon that says it's going to be harder for other people to compete with you. So you set up a bundle, but you put it in your own branded box. Have you heard us talk about that before, Stephanie? I have. And I do have my brand set up on Amazon. I've got a trademark and my brand is set up. And so this is especially why I'm interested in figuring that out with the bundles more. So I need, I bought the whole pack and I go through all different courses. And so I need to go through that one, I think. Well, that one hasn't been added to the pack yet, but it will be within the next few weeks. It will be. Oh, wow. And if the content's all recorded, Nathan put it together, our coaching director, we've helped many students. We have a good number of students. That's all they do now is bundles that are easily assembled. Mm. Great replan products. Maybe you know you look at your top twenty percent of your best sellers right now. Like, which one of these might turn into a decent bundle? They've obviously already got some momentum to them. So you bundle up that peanut butter and jelly and whatever else. You you do add some unique value, which isn't that hard to do if you're creative. Like, okay, what mm-hmm. can I add in to bring some value to this bundle? And then you put it in your own branded box. And if you're brand registered and trademarked, which we help you do. Mm-hmm. We can help anyone do that. You don't have to go through our courses. We've actually got a company set up to do brand registry and trademarks and graphics and that sort of thing. But you put all those pieces together and suddenly you've got a pretty unstoppable bundle that uh, you know people build like the movie snack packs, for example. Like everything you oh, need right. to sit down and enjoy a movie with you know 
bunch of teenage girls at an all-nighter. Like, here you go. Everything you need is all pink themed and fun mm-hmm. and popcorn and everything, right? Like it's all in a cute labeled box and no one can compete with you. That's the beauty of it. They can't get uh. on that ASIN and compete with you because it's got your brand stamped, not a sticker. It's actually an important point. It has to be a stamp, it has to be actually printed ink on there. Oh. And you can buy a stamp and stamp it on there yourself if you want. It can't be a sticker though, for some reason. I don't know why. Oh, but, you know, those are the kind of things we talk you through. And mm-hmm. now you've got a bundle of easily sourced products, brands that people recognize. You know, if it's movie candy, it's it's Skittles and snow caps and dots and candy everybody's heard of, right? Mm-hmm. You're not, and then some little piece that adds unique value. Yeah. You know, that that's harder for other people. So, so it's a justified bundle. So no one challenges it in that from that vantage point. But yeah, that's that's the way to do it. So now that you've played a little bit with bundles through Lisa's course, you're you're ready. You've got your trademark already. You could do some damage if you go through that course. I think you'll really enjoy it. That's the provenbrandbuilding.com. It is sold separate, but it will be added to the proven Amazon course. Maybe even by the time people hear this episode. Oh, okay. So that's, yeah, that's one area that I'm interested in going. And then the last thing that I do, probably the four, so I would say like the bundles that I've done in the KDP is maybe like 1%. So the other 4% would be, I have one private label product, a couple different sizes. And I mean, it's, it's consistent and it's great and it's easy to source and sell and put together and everything. But my replans are by far my biggest part. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's great. So you have had some success with private labels. So it wasn't a complete waste of time going down that road. You figured some things out. And you know, that's yeah. kind of the, the organic path that I like to see and just having mm-hmm. observed, observed thousands of students get into replans. You're crazy yes. not to. And that organically feeds into these other opportunities. You learn the landscape, you learn how things work. And without taking any big risks, some of these opportunities kind of start to fall in your lap. It's true. And that, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. I, I feel like that's exactly the, for me, it was the best way to do it. Start with selling things around my house where there's hardly any risk to learn the process, get into replans. It's low risk. It's easy to understand. It's easy to figure out. I truly believe that anybody can be successful in replants if you're willing to put the time in and learn it and to put the time into work. All that I've done is I've relied on the pack the Facebook group. And I've learned so many things from the podcast. Also people leaving little ideas here and there, different ways to source, different ways to find products and putting all those together. I truly believe that everybody could find success with this. Yeah. Well, boldly put. And I, I tend to agree. If you've got the work ethic, the time to put into it, you're Mm -hmm. willing to learn a few new skills. Yeah. The pack, as we call it around here, the proven Amazon course, Mm-hmm. continues to just be an incredible value, 29 bucks a month, man. You get everything we ever create that has anything to do with Amazon. It's quite a steal. Yeah. Well, uh, was there anything else on your list? I love diving into your story. We spent a, a lot of time on some very specific aspects of you know how you've grown your journey, but are there any lessons that you want to pull out? You've, you've encouraged people about how easy this could be for them to step into, which I appreciate. And I agree mm-hmm. with you entirely. They're ready to do the work. This stuff works. Any lessons along the way, or maybe any, you know, one of the things I like to ask maybe to, to help kind of get us moving in the direction I'm trying to go here is, have there been any painful points where like, oh man, that was a huge mistake. What did I just do with mm-hmm. replans or with any of the rest of this besides what you've shared? Well, it's funny because I'm actually just coming out of one and I don't know that it was a mistake, but I feel like it was kind of a perfect storm. So you, had, I think you'd asked earlier about kind of about my numbers. We talk numbers a lot on this program. Oh, we haven't shared the numbers yet either. Right. right. Thank you for reminding me. Oh, sure. So 
it's interesting because I'll share my, so last year, 2021 was, so I started selling the end of the summer of 2020. So 2021 last year was my first full year selling. And so I'll, I'll share that number, but then I'll also share where I am so far this year. Cause it's very different. So last year I started off kind of slow and build up throughout the year. So last year I ended up, my revenue was 235,000 and that was at just under 20% profit margin. But then this year, so far as of today, I am just about to 150,000. So my goal for this year is, and I don't know if I'm going to be able to hit it, but I, I really believe I can. And I'm going to, try, I'm, my goal that I'm working towards is to hit 500,000 this year with at least a 20% profit margin. For a while, I was at 24% and I was so much happier there. <laughs> so I'm trying to get that back up. So that's my goal for the year. So being, so I'll end the, this month higher than 150. That still is short. If I kept going where I am, that's still short of 500, but I don't plan to stay where I am. I plan to be yeah, growing. And plus replen. you've got Q4, which even for replen, yes. so it's not a huge bump, but there's a bump there. There is, that's true. You know, there's a bit of a bump. So yeah, that feels very realistic to me because we're, you know, we're here, we're in mid-April, you're at 150 mm-hmm. uh, coming up on it. 500 feels like a very realistic goal. And is, is it still just you? We didn't go into that. Mm-hmm. Do you have a team? Nope. How many hours a week are you working the business? I work a lot because I love it. I, right. I've become yeah. passionate about it. It, it. You've become pat. There we go. Yes. Yes. We, it's we come. write it out the back of your page. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. You're passionate about it now, having fun. So you, you're putting I in am. hours. So I work probably 30, I guess on average about 30 hours a week on it. That's a great income. Just, you know, doing the quick math. That's a pretty solid hourly rate. You're paying yourself net, net profit. Have you ever done the math on that? No. I haven't figured out the hourly or anything. Uh, so 150K, 25%, 50, 25. I'm, bear with me for a second. Yeah, I'm thinking you're around 40 or 50 an hour. I Gosh, this is oh. super quick, but I'll, I'll probably correct myself in the show notes if I'm wrong there, <laughs> but that's not a bad gig. That's not bad, especially if it's something that you love to do. I mean, mm-hmm. I love working on this. I work on it. I mean, not every day because we have family things and trips and things, but I work on it most days except for Sundays. I take Sundays off. And it's interesting because by the time Saturday comes, I feel ready for a break. I'm ready for Sunday to come. I'm ready to not think about it. I'm ready to focus on something else. And I love my Sundays. But by the time Sunday evening comes, I can't wait to get going again Monday morning. And I'm excited to jump back into it. And so anyways, I I enjoy it. You're raring to go. Yes. Yeah. So to answer your other question though, I feel like I'm just coming out of a hard time. So with re- one benefit of replants is it's really consistent. You can count on the consistency of it. But one thing that we talk about a lot in this community is not looking at the day-to-day numbers. It's important yes. to see what's going on, but you need to take a step back and look at, like you said, the trajectory, mm-hmm. look at the overall picture, look at the monthly numbers, look at how things are looking overall, because this month started great. So just to give you an idea, in Jan- so January this year, my sales were about 44, just over 44,000. In February, it's a shorter month. It was about 35,000. In March, it was back up to 44,000. And so I was expecting, I'm hoping to grow every month. So I was expecting it to be more than that this month. But for, for whatever reason, three things happened at once. I couldn't get my best sellers in stock. I couldn't find them anywhere. They're out of stock everywhere. And I know other people are experiencing that too. The second thing that happened 
where on my best sellers that I can keep in stock, the price is tamed. They completely dropped to the point where I couldn't even make a profit. And I've learned that most of the time, if I wait it out, they'll come back. And so I'm waiting those ones out. And the third thing that happened is I'm in New York and almost all, well, all of my shipments go to Pennsylvania. Almost all of them go to the same facility. And I send two shipments out every week. And they're within a few days, they're checked in, they're received. I see inventory show up. It's like clockwork. But for whatever reason, there were about two weeks, the beginning of this month, where I don't know what was happening. I'd get the emails, the shipment was received, the, the shipment was checked in, but my inventory wouldn't change for, for two weeks. And I don't know if there's something going on at that facility center. I don't know what was happening. But so for about two weeks, this was happening. I couldn't find products. A lot of them had tanked and then none of my stuff was getting checked in. And so my sales were horrible. And anyway, it was one of those times where I had to take a step back, like you say, and I had to look at the overall picture. And this is two weeks. This isn't the whole year. This isn't the whole business. This is two weeks. And so two things that I focused on during that time, first of all, was looking at the overall picture. And the other thing was you focus on what you can control. I cannot control if things are out of stock. I cannot control what other sellers do with their prices. I cannot control how quickly my stock gets checked in. I can control if I'm sending my products in that I can source. I can control if my shipments are going out when they should be. And I can keep finding new products. And so that's what you focus on. You focus on the things that you can control and you trust the process. In the year and a half, however long, two years I've been doing this, I've told myself so many times, trust the process. Just trust the process and keep moving. I said earlier, I believe everybody can succeed. And I believe that's true unless you give up and you quit. If you trust the process and you keep moving, it all works out and it all comes together. That was phenomenal. If, if we grabbed like a little soundbite clip that like encapsulates <laughs> the spirit of this episode, you just nailed it. <laughs> it's not, it's not going to be great. It's so many great lessons, each of which we could unpack. I discounted like four or five great lessons in there, but you, you were so succinct with the point. Yeah. Focus on the loss or focus on the lesson. I think one of those disciplines you have to, to find that will really propel you, put a lot more money in your pocket with this model is on the really down, slow, bad days that you don't spend yourself, you don't spend your time questioning your life choices. You spend your time looking for more product. Yes. <laughs> you spend your time preparing a shipment. Right? Yep. Like look at a week at a time if you have to, instead of mm-hmm. a, a day at a time. Yeah, keep your eye on the, the bigger goals. Uh, we can get so micro-focused down into like, oh man, I'm just sitting here refreshing, waiting for another sale before I get motivated today. Like, no, you're costing yeah. yourself so much money doing that. Opportunities yeah. just flying by while you're wasting time wallowing. Uh, mm-hmm. Well said, fantastic. So, okay, what, what other lessons? You just packed a lot in there. Was there anything else on your list or anything else on your mind that you wanted to share with listeners? I think you've done a tremendous job today, Stephanie. Thank you. Well, thank you. I've enjoyed being here and I've learned a lot through our discussion myself. So thank you. I appreciate that. I, I think that's it. Put the time in, put the work in, trust the process and keep moving. Ask questions in the Facebook group. There are so many knowledgeable, helpful, good, kind people. And I wouldn't be where I am without that group. So if you have questions, post them. Yeah. Beautiful. Help each other. Well said. Thank you. Do you mind if I give you a suggestion on where we might be like if this was a coaching session, what I might be encouraging you to look into? I'd love to hear it. Okay. So our replin, our uh, Proven Replins VA program, getting a virtual assistant, Mm -hmm. either training them yourself or getting one from us. 
And that's the the Proven Replans VA. I'm going to make myself a note so I don't forget to stick a link to that in the show notes. But if you had somebody that you're paying a few dollars per hour to just research new replans constantly based on the parameters, the stores that you source and the, the niches that you're in, the ROI that you're looking for, the kind of Keepa graph that you're looking for. And I just mentioned Keepa. So I got to say, if you don't know what Keepa is, go listen to episode 369. I'm not going to take time for it right now. Just trust me. You got to go listen to that episode because that, that's the vital tool for replan sellers. Yes. But you get this virtual assistant trained, Stephanie, who's looking through the same lens you look through every day. And suddenly there's two of you doing it. That pays for itself so fast. We're actually in the process right now of turning loose six virtual assistants on our account. Just really? looking... Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Is, so, we're, yeah. I mean, just all the new... And that's the common complaint we're hearing from those who are using that service is, I don't have time to go buy all the inventory that these these great virtual assistants are finding, well, okay, time to hire a shopper, right? That's how you start right. to scale. This is, you know, throwing fuel on the fire. If you, if you imagine like those, you know, the trains that used to have the, the cult, like on the, uh, what's that, Polar Express kids movie, you know, mm-hmm. they're shoveling mm-hmm. coal in. When you want to go faster, you shovel in more coal, right? Like yeah. now you got three people shoveling coal in. While you're sleeping in the, you know, the resting car back here, having dinner, there's still people that are shoveling coal into the f- flame, finding new replans shopping, building things bigger and better while you're doing the things that only you can do. I think that's the next step for you is to take a little bit of your profits and put it into a virtual assistant who can be finding replans around the clock. Yeah. While you sleep, you wake up to a new list. I've been thinking about that. I've been, I've been thinking about that. I've been thinking about our prep center and my husband keeps pushing me to do a repricer. I can't do it. Oh, Oh, you're not repricing it. How many ASINs do you have? Just over 150. 150. So you're about at that. How much? Here's another, here's a better question. How much time per day or week are you spending repricing your inventory? I spend about an hour every day except for Sunday repricing. And your worth, we've established, if my math is correct, I'll go back and check it later, at least 40 bucks an hour or so. So it's costing you $40 times seven, right? It's costing you 250 to 300 bucks to reprice the products yourself every week. You can get a pretty killer repricer software for that amount of money. <laughs> well, and it's not the cost that is that keeps holding me back. It's that a computer program cannot think logically through the repricing how I do. Oh, absolutely. And you can maintain control of as many ASINs as you want. And you can override at any time you want. But while you're sleeping, it can do cool things like wiggle the prices or every morning, you know, raise all your prices up and see if anyone follows you. And if they don't, by the time people are out of bed and starting to shop, well, your prices are back where they need to be in order to attract the attention of sellers. Right? Oh, Did that's you follow that? Okay. Yeah. So for you know, this is a Rich Potter's the first one I heard talking about this, but like every night during those hours where nobody's shopping in North America, he ra- they raise all their prices as high as, really? as high as they yeah, raise them all because no one's shopping. In the hopes that other people with repricers, repricers will say, Oh wow, look, okay, well, we can go on up there. It's safe up there. Right. And so it kind of drifts yeah. everybody up. Now, if and it doesn't work for very many ASINs, but a good handful of them it will work for. And the ones where everyone comes up, you leave it up there. Now everyone because we should never be the lowest priced FBA mm-hmm. seller on any ASIN. That's like yeah. cardinal rule number one of being an, <laughs> an Amazon seller. Don't be the lowest FBA seller ever on any ASIN. Please. The buy box yes. rotates. Get mm-hmm. up there in the pack. Get up in the middle of the pack. That's how we raise the price and find out where 
you know, consumers are willing to spend, how much they're willing to spend. So don't be the guy driving the price down. Yeah. Well, if you just raise your prices every night, see who follows you up, the repricer will watch and say, hey, who followed us up? Right. So those kind of features, that's just one of many examples, but it can do things. It can wiggle your price up and down if it's been a while since you've seen activity, right? Which can work the little penny bumps up and penny dumps bumps down and those kinds of things. You can yeah. build all that in. I hadn't heard about that penny thing until somebody posted it in the Facebook group. Another thing I learned in the Facebook group, somebody suggested that and posted a picture of their numbers and how they jumped when they did that. And I thought that's interesting. So I moved my prices and I didn't even go down. I moved them up a penny mm-hmm. or one or two pennies. And some of my products that had been stagnant for a while, all of a sudden five of them sold. And so yeah. my husband, when I told my husband that, he said, if we're nothing else, get a repricer just to move my penny up and down sometimes. That was interesting to me. So you can get those automated features and we're not going to dive into repricers and which okay. ones can do which yeah. features right now, but you can start to see the value of, you know, the AI can do, artificial intelligence can do a lot of fun things. And no, you can still maintain control and override it and keep an eye on your top five or six babies that you really want to make sure you keep them right where they need to be. Yeah. But the rest, you know, that long tail, that the Pareto principle, that that 80% of your ASINs that are only bringing you 20% of your revenue, because that's how it works. It's right? true. Yeah. Let the repricer handle those. You don't have to be pouring through those. I think you could very easily justify that expense. It's time for you to investigate repricers for sure. All right. If, yep. A virtual assistant else, and repricers. Okay. Okay. So would you do a virtual assistant before a prep center? Yes. Would you? Okay. Absolutely, I would. And that goes back to, I think Dave Ramsey said it best. There's a book, Entree Leadership, and he talks about in there when you start hiring, when your business starts to grow beyond just you and you're doing all of it and wearing all the hats, who should you hire first? He really clarified it for me because prior to hearing him put it the way he did, I always thought, well, the stuff I don't want to do, I hire people to do now that I'm profitable. Like, no, that's a good way to dig yourself in a hole. What you want to do is find somebody that goes out, hunts, and drags it back to the cave. You want to find somebody else that's out there finding profitable products. Someone else that's adding oh. revenue to the bottom line. Now that new revenue, you can use all of that to grow and expand and stop being the guy that sweeps the floor and cleans the toilets if you want to. But until you've got someone else bringing in revenue, you're the one still cleaning toilets. That's that his makes philosophy. Sense. Yeah. And okay. I really agree with that. I like that. I like that approach of it's not, it, it's not just, oh, I don't really want to do that part. Or worse yet to me is, you know, I really like, I just really like doing that part. Some people I love, trust, and respect and admire in this business really like packing shipments. And I'll oh. say, you're costing yourself $250 an hour to pack your own boxes. Right. That's what it's called. Co- do you like it that much? Are you sure you like tape? And boxes that much because that's expensive. Because you could go hire 10 competent people and put them to work. Yeah. You know, and it is an extreme example, of course, but just because you like it doesn't mean it's a job you should be doing. Well, and you had an interesting point when you talk about the numbers, because I'm like, oh, it takes me an hour a day to reprice. That's not that big of a deal until you add up what it's costing me in a week. And then you kind of take a step back and go, oh, wait, mm-hmm. maybe I need to think about that repricer. Yes. So that's interesting when you put a in number service to, to your customers. There's people out there yeah. that won't have the product they were hoping to get at the price they were hoping to get it at because you were spending time repricing your products instead of finding new ASINs, for example, right? Or doing yeah. the things that only you can do and not automating. Or your competitors are catching up to you is another way to think about it. Yeah, true. Automation keeps you ahead of the pack. 
Yeah. So well done. No, you've you've built an incredible business. This is phenomenal. And your your goal is half a million at 25% for for 2022. And I don't see any reason with a, a virtual assistant and some automation in there. There's no reason you can't hit that. We'll see. That's the goal. Yeah. Well, I you have to I let will. us know maybe in the about this time next year. So check in and let us know how it's going. Hey, you coming in August to the event? When is it? August 12th through 14th. Louisville, Kentucky. Kentucky. Okay. Yep. And you said you're in New York. I don't know if that's yes. how much of a drive that is. It's probably what, six, eight hours at least for you, but it's probably doable. about that. It's yeah, doable. not too bad. We drove yeah. across the country last summer. We can do Kentucky. Yeah. Well, come. Yeah. It's theprovenconference.com. And since you're a student of the Proven Amazon course, huge discount mm-hmm. on the ticket. Oh, great. And that's all on the sales page. Yeah. Check it out. You would, you'd love this community. Have you been to one of our events before? No, I've watched all the videos, but I haven't actually been to one. Oh, you got to be there in person. You have yeah, to do it. Same. Especially since you guys are comfortable traveling. I, mean, I, I guarantee you're just going to fall in love with this community. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Yeah. I'll be have there to, if you can. August 12th. Okay. All right. Cool. Well, I'm going to talk to the listeners for a second. Stephanie's been a tremendous guest. Had a great time hanging out with her. Sorry I soapboxed so much today, but these are points of passion for me, guys, and, and just vital. I, these are make or break topics at times. They seem like simple lessons, but there's a consistent pattern that's emerged in our successful students around here. And when I recognize it, I like to point it out. Uh, so thanks for hanging out with Steffi and I today. God bless your journey. We're here for you. We're in your corner. We're rooting for you. As Stephanie encouraged you a couple times today, get into our free Facebook group. Listen to some more episodes of this podcast. If you're watching us on YouTube right now, you should know that that's only maybe 70% of our episodes are on YouTube. There's another 30% that are audio only. Go check those out. Silentgym.com. Hundreds of success story interviews like this. Recent interviews with students doing the replens model on Amazon and succeeding, building incredible businesses. It's very validating to go through 10 or 20 of those and just think to yourself, man, I, I think I could do this. That's the point. We want you to do this. We're here to encourage and help you. So Stephanie, great job today. Thank you. It was great to be here. Great to hang out with you a little bit, get to know you. Thank you for your kind and teaching heart. I think you're going to make a great coach someday personally, but we can talk later about that. <laughs> okay. And to the listeners, God bless you as well. Thanks for hanging out. We'll have another great episode for you again real soon. Hey, before I let you go, one last reminder about an easy way to save money on every purchase you make online or in stores by using discounted gift cards. There's a free special report that's been set up by our latest sponsor, Arbitrage Card. You can get this report. tells you how to go find these great discounted cards. Go to silentgym.com slash gift cards. That's silentgym.com slash gift cards, all one word. The link is in the show notes as well. Go grab that report. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.